And what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Bear Down Sports Association podcast, episode number 73 today. As always, this podcast is brought to you by Old Bridge Pizza. Shout out to our guys over at Old Bridge Pizza. Shout out to Larry Mark, who is now in the Pokemon selling business. If you have Pokemon cards out there, uh, Larry's looking to buy them. So shout out to Larry. Shout out to Old Bridge Pizza. (laughs) <laughs> All right, and shout out to our other sponsor, as always, Chaos Gym. Um, getting a little cold, but he's still out there getting workouts in uh, three, four times a day, three days a week. So uh, in, DM me Instagram if you're looking to join. I know more Bear Down athletes have joined. I saw I saw Leibowitz there, I think, today. saw Steve Schaefer there a couple of times. saw Paul Ferrali there. So uh, more guys in the league are joining or at least giving it a try and seeing what's up. And uh, happy to see it. I personally have not been there in about two and a half weeks. Wow. Uh, Probably a, probably a mixture of bad ankle followed by uh, laziness. laziness. <laughs> uh, Jason Gomes joining the podcast again as well today. Jason, how are you doing today? Doing good, doing good. You know, bad week for GSA clients, but, you know, as Spo always says, with every failure comes a greater success. So I'm excited to see what comes, you know, comes uh, this upcoming week. Everybody, real quick, stop what you're doing. Go subscribe to the YouTube. Go to the YouTube channel and subscribe. One more time, stop what you're doing, go to the YouTube channel and subscribe. There's no reason, there's going to be 350 people who listen to this podcast, at least half of you should take the time out of your day right now just to go subscribe to the Bear Down Sports Association YouTube channel. Okay, let's get into the week nine recap. Kind of crazy that, uh, what we got, two regular season weeks left and then playoffs. Kurtzman, real quick. Um, give us the uh, the field update about this week, and I know there was some controversy going on. Um, give us that before we get into the recap. Yeah, I told the captains to at least reach out and see when we um, if you'd be more willing to play Sunday morning or Saturday in the afternoon. No worries. Let's scratch. Pretend I never asked it to the captains. Pretend the captains never asked you. I just got word that we are good to play normal times on sat- Saturday. So going for I mean not going forward for next week Saturday same times ten o'clock eleven fifteen and twelve thirty. All right. Let's do the recap. Anything yeah. else you wanted to say before we get into it? Yeah, um, I guess another little incident happened at the field during my game. Um, just watched the film. Didn't look very good, very malicious, and honestly. So just saying it, John Misha, I, I, this has nothing to do with me and you getting into it during the game. This is fully me watching the film and seeing you try to spear Jarwar. So I'm not tolerating that type of behavior in the league. Like I said with the fight, the league is supposed to be good vibes only, no uh, malicious acts on anyone's kind, trying to hurt people, and I'm not really dealing with that going forward. So, like I said, suspended a game, and he'll be back for the last week of the season, I guess. All right, let's get into the Week 9 recap. I know you told me, Kurtzman, that the games last week we just kind of went through and we didn't really have an order. Uh, can you give me the 10 o'clock slate? Who played at the 10 o'clock slate? Yeah, we'll start with the the premier matchup, honestly, one of the premier matches of the day, Dolphins versus uh, Panthers. Panthers. This one was super exciting. I got to ref. I had to ref this one, or at least do the line of scrimmage in the time, and I was also doing stats. You know, doing everything. Doing the little do it all guy. Always. Um, yeah, this game was fast paced. It was really up and down both ways, back and forth. You saw Augie punch first, score a touchdown, but then you see three straight unanswered scores by the Dolphins, followed by two unanswered scores by the Panthers. I felt like each team had momentum during this game at one point or another. Um, but at the end of the day. Sobes, his greatness at quarterback was just enough to be able to get by Augie. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a lot of controversy late in the game. Sobes just does not know how to hold the lead, does not know what to do <laughs> with the ball in his hands during the lead. Um, he's better off playing in a game where he needs to just keep scoring, going out there and not trying to conserve clock and just running, uh, running the clock down instead of just trying to run the score up. Um, I thought that Augie had his second straight great performance. Um, I believe he had 40 fantasy points uh, this week. He was all over the field making plays. That if if I know GSA didn't get a win this week, but Correct. that performance was in itself a win. Augie is back on track. I said before the game and also during the game that if Augie was able to win this game, that they are officially back as championship contenders in this league. I'm going to now say that even though they lost this game, they are back as contenders in this league with Spo replacing Connor for the season. And they did this all without Mamarola, who um, I know who has, hasn't had a great season up to his standards, but he played well last week against my team, and he was it's a loss on the line if he's not there. For so sure. I think with him coming back next week, hopefully, and going forward with Augie's confidence rising and his play getting better, um, they are a team that you, you um, are going to be a tough out in the first round of the playoffs. Jason, every, every team to you is a tough out. You no, don't want to see well, any team in the first round of the playoffs. I know who I want to see. 
Um, all right, so I have written down, um, is Zach Sobieski the best quarterback in New Jersey not named Noah Vidral? After Noah Vidral <laughs> led Rutgers to a, to a week one victory, I got to give Rutgers some, some props here. But Michigan State. Sobes makes some throw. He made one throw uh, on Saturday where he was falling forward to his right and like sw- like swung its sidearm like 30 yards downfield to TJ Angstat in stride. Who it was a tough catch because TJ had to like dive a little bit to get to it. But the fact that he even he even got it off was an absolutely incredible throw, and I that's just replaying constantly in my mind. Um, TJ Angstat, you can call him Three J Angstat. Three touchdowns <laughs> on the day. Another one I had written down here. I come with the notes, man. I come with the notes. Defense, Moore played really well. Yes. Uh, was a, a mer- uh, menace on the line without Billheimer, who didn't show up till late. Uh, Sobe's defensive player of the year consideration as a as a cornerback doesn't really get the stats, but is just such a high IQ player. Um, for the for the Panthers, my Panthers, you know GSA three GSA clients most ever in one game in the history of Bear Down. So wow. I'm gonna throw that out. Um, I thought they really played fantastic. I think that Augie has his confidence back, which he didn't have a lot this year because of whether it be the line or whether it be just himself in his head. He just didn't fully feel it. And I think seeing that Sedano Marola performance last week and kind of inspired him to be like, look, this team can really get it done. I believe in them. And now having Spo, every team could use Spo. Whether or not you realize it, every Spo is just such a perfect complementary player and a, and a leader that he's be, he's used perfectly on any single team. Um, I also have written down this is a uh, going along with Spo inspirational. <laughs> I have the uh, with Augie Augie's performing at a championship level, and now with Spo, the Panthers are Spo overflowing with Spo potential. <laughs> I have to bring up as many spell related puns oh, as possible. Jesus. Um, Who's your ghostwriter? Who's writing for you? That one that one was Rob Torino. Uh, Rob Torino <laughs> came up with that one today. So oh, shouts out to you, Rob. Speaking I can only of Rob that group chat's like <laughs> with Joe Denoy too. Um speaking of Rob <laughs> wait, 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 what? What? Joe's in the group chat? Oh, not mine. I thought you meant the oh, Panthers group oh, chat. I thought, you said, no. I thought you said Joe's in the group chat. I was no. like, Joe's writing material for the podcast? No, I mean, he can. He can. I, I trust him. Is Joe, um, are you, real quick, is, is uh, GSA looking for... Um, I have more? I have personally went up to Joe Denoy and said I would be interested in having you as a GSA client. But and Joe said, no, I'm not interested on my own brand. <laughs> wow. So Joe Denoy, uh, hey, and he's playing like he's too good for GSA, too. Because he's agree. got, his tip drill touchdown was incredible yes. to end the end the first half. Joe Denoy, a tip drill touchdown from Spell, almost like a pass. Yeah. And um, one more GSA stat here. Rob Torino generated pressure on 83.76% of Zach's dropbacks, which is the second highest today. Uh, second highest on Saturday behind Austin, according to GSA's <laughs> algorithm, of course. According, according to the eye test. <laughs> no, um, I just think that uh, both teams really show that they are perennial powers in this league. They were able both 35-33 final for the Dolphins. Both teams able to put up a lot of points. Um, Augie's, showing, Augie's team showing a lot of... Um, a lot of fight. A lot, a lot of, of fight, a lot of heart. For sure. They got through adversity. Two times they went down by two touchdowns, and two times they were able to pull within two points. And I mean, listen, he hits that two-point conversion. We're looking at a different – we're looking at possibly a different outcome in this game. Um, yeah. I'm happy that Augie is playing at an elite level again. Um, I'm glad to see he's maybe possibly found a little love for the league again. Mm. And, um, no, I think that with them getting back into form, we have even more teams that are contending truly for a championship yeah. in this league. Agree. All right, let's move on to the. No, you can't move on without the stats, brother. You're right. I can't move on without the stats. First, give me the stats of the game. Yeah. So for this one, we have Soaps finished 16 of 22, 151 yards, four touchdowns. Uh, also had a fumble. Also had three carries, 32 yards, and a pass breakup. Leibowitz three catches, 17 yards. Also had a pick six. Oh yeah, I forgot to add that was a phenomenal play. Buster oh, with a yeah. great pass breakup. Lebo catches the pass breakup. Uses the uses the puts the Jets on a little at the end to oh, yeah, he was survive that. Um, Morick had a sack. Semino had a sack. Buster, one ca- catch, seven yards, and a pass breakup. Dylan, four catches, 50 yards, and a touchdown. Also had a pass breakup and interception. 3J, Angstad, six catches, 57 yards, and three touchdowns. And Cody Norton, two catches, 20 yards, and a conversion. What? For... One other thing I just wanted to say about the Dolphins real quick is Sobs gets everyone involved. Yes, like everyone. Buster, feels like he could turn, like he could just get eighth rounders and still be form a competent team because he just knows how to use his players. Yes, he does. Uh, Augie twenty one to thirty four, two hundred five yards, four touchdowns, one interception, twelve carries, eighty three yards, and a touchdown. Also had an interception on defense and a pass breakup. Mm-hmm. Jordan Noya four catches, fifty seven yards, and a touchdown. Also had a pass breakup. Liam uh, Liam Riley four catches, nineteen yards, and a conversion. Spo five catches, sixty five yards, two touchdowns in his Panthers debut. 
Dave, two catches, 15 yards. And Nick Zalek, two catches, uh, I'm sorry, four catches, 36 yards, and a touchdown. Also had a pass breakup. Steve also had the controversial forced fumble on Sobes that gave the Panthers a chance late in this game to Correct win it. Call. And Johnny, two catches, 13 yards as a sub. Hmm. All right, give me the other 10 o'clock slot game. Uh, was the Cardinals against the Packers. Mm-hmm. This one was uh, a crazy game, correct? Yeah, um, crazy in the sense of, I think, uh, late game heroics is obvious. A lot of big time plays by um, not necessarily the be- like the best guys on each team. And uh, also, we expected this game to be a little more high scoring than it was. And the Cardinals were able to do what they needed to do to put themselves in a position to win. They muddied the game up, no pun intended, with the field. Mm-hmm. Um they kept it low scoring. They kept possession of the ball well. They were able to turn over the Packers once or twice during the game. Um, and I think that the Cardinals look at this game as they were one play away from securing the victory and ultimately clinching a playoff spot. Yeah. Um, it just comes down to a little bit of heart. And Mike Gargano had a little bit more on that last play. Big touchdown. Was able to get over Ed Zalek and... Uh, Make the play to seal the deal. Keep the Packers, Packers, keep the Packers alive in the playoffs. Because I think we'd have lost. The Packers would have been all but basically eliminated from the playoffs. So, big time players made big time plays, and Mike Yarino was able to do that at the end of this one. Jason. Okay. Well, uh, <laughs> just for those who weren't there, I want to say Mikey Gargano made an incredible catch over Ed Zalek for the game-winning touchdown. And Mikey Gargano afterwards said, "GSA sucks," and a few other things. I don't know if it's appropriate to say on the podcast you can about. Say GSA and my clients. Um, and so I just want to say that, you know, meaningless Mikey Gargano makes his first impactful play all season. It's proven to be the lesser Gargano sibling behind Vin Gargano who's taken over as quarterback. Um, so I'm happy that, you know, Mikey Gargano is now maybe not the third option behind Brandon Giles and Rich Primetime Ritter, uh, both of which have proven to be, you know, better pass catching options. Um, and Ed might have made that catch if not for his uh, eye, <laughs> eye injury the that eye he was injury. sustained week one. So I wanted to put that out there. You know, much respect to Mikey making plays when it matters, but, you know, going forward, I, I take Ed Zalek over him every day of the week. Um, but in terms of the game, uh, Vin Gargano is, I, every, every week I get more and more impressed with how he plays because going up against Tompkins, Musi, and I, Douglas, I don't think, was there? No, Douglas was there. Douglas was there? Yeah. Okay. Well, going up against the three, that's the most impressive line, you know, in, in any team at all. And the fact that he went up with mostly a line that kind of leaks, that kind of plays, like, the passing lanes more, they, Vin Garano did not, like, hesitate. Like, he was still the, a great player. He still made all the throws you could ask for. He whiz scored a touchdown, and Mikey made, he, you know, a game-winning drive to seal the deal. So I really trust Vin, and I think he's one of the five best quarterbacks in this league. You know what I mean? And I trust him, you know. I think you make the argument right now that Vin is playing top three or top four. I think if you have to go right now, most recent weeks, I haven't been there the last two weeks. I'm, I'm probably going, like number seven. Yeah, I'm going right I'm going off listen, yeah, I'm going off of yeah, I'm going <laughs> off of just what I've the stats I've seen and the conversation I've had with people. I think people would put, you know, Sobes and I B at the top two spots, and then you're looking at Vin and Tommy in the next tier. And then I people would say Augie's playing better than you right now too, Kurtzman. I don't care. I think you I think you've I think you've fallen in just the most recent power rankings. I think cool. you, I think you could agree with that. I think you could agree. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> no, but there is a there is a wealth no, of quarterback talent this no, league yes, that it's no, there's it's a incredible. good top six, seven guys who really can all go go out there every week and make amazing plays. Yeah. Um one thing I want to say about the Packers line, normally guys that like to go out and leak. I can honestly say, after watching the film of the game, Latempa did hit, like Latempa and Wiz oh, and Vinarina. They fantastic. were they were dominating the line of scrimmage, and that's not something you necessarily see from a um, either side. Really, a lot of times, like you said, Packers line likes to go out and catch the ball, um, while Cardinals defensive line usually dominates the trenches almost every game they play. Well, this week, I think a big reason why the Packers were able to sustain offensive drives was because their offensive line was able to control that line of scrimmage on a lot of the plays. Mm-hmm. And Vin just stands so calm in the pocket, never really focusing on the rush, always focusing on seeing what's downfield, making such subtle movements with yeah. his, um, with the ball, with his with his hips to make sure the defenders don't get his flag. Um, he pump played fakes. another yeah pump face. He made a ma- he's masterful. Um, on the field, he's finding his groove. I, it sucks that they, he wasn't able to start the season as quarterback because you could be looking at the Packers as a team that's firmly entrenched in the playoff picture right. and looking more to fine tune before getting into the playoffs. That was their third than, win, correct? That is their third win, which still leaves them in ninth place. But 
Um, two weeks left. Two weeks left. They That's have two games left. If they get to five and five, they're going to be in the playoffs. And um, quick look at who are they playing next week? Do we remember? They play the Falcons this week. And I'm not. Hey, but wanna, that's winnable. Listen, that is winnable. after seeing what happened with the Bucks this week against the Falcons. That game is winnable, and um, I'm not counting Vin out of anyone. Any game. Um, I really quick. Other guys that played well in this game. Brand Giles was very good in this game catching the ball. Um, I yeah yeah. Vin Gargano finds a new weapon every week. Yeah, no, he did last, last week. Last week, Rich Ritter. Week before that, Wiz went off. Yeah, like, Vin Gargano just he just he's anyone able. whoever's he's open, gets, he's he just another guy gets everyone involved, gets everyone feeling like they're a part of the game yeah. plan. Um, and now nah, the Packers really showed up in this game. Uh, only thing I can really say for the Cardinals, I don't think you have to really change anything. I think you just need to execute. Um, I think that you kind of know your identity. You know what you guys want to do. You want to keep the game low scoring. You guys want to. Um, Keep the game in the teens to the low twenties. I understand mm-hmm. that's how you got to play. Yeah. Joe played better. Th- Joe played very well this week. I thought I didn't think he yeah. played a bad game. Um, I think that the Cardinals' defense is one of the better defenses in the league, especially with getting Joe Piscopo back and able to actually play defense rather than only playing offense, which yeah. he did for a lot of the first half of the season. True. So I think that the Cardinals are going to figure out what they got to do. Got two games left. Um, I'm not sure. I forgot who they're playing off the top of my head this week, but. They have an opportunity to make the playoffs, be firmly entrenched in the middle middle to upper level seeds. Mm. And listen, they're not going to be a, an easy out for anyone in the playoffs. They're, you have to go out there and beat them. So as long as they can just fine-tune their offense, uh, keep working what they got on defense, they'll make some plays and yeah, they'll be ready to go. For sure. One last thing is that Piscopo, I mean, he led that game-winning drive. That would have been a game-winning drive if not for Mikey's crazy play. Um, but he, Piscopo, he looked like a Piscopro. Out there, you know, I got these little things is written down here, um, and I want to call out Tompkins because Tompkins is just such an animal, and he just completely dominates games when he wants to, and he just showed up. There were some parts of the game where he would like throw people around and just yeah. do whatever he wanted to. No. And also after watching, we're gonna get to the um, the Bucks Falcons game, but the way that Mark DeMeo was used this week, I think that you know Piscopo could take some notes on how to use Tompkins mm. in similar ways, just kind of have him go out for passes and almost throw him jump balls and just you know, yeah, it no. could work. No, for sure. I think Nick was way more involved this week. Uh, I think he had eight catches. Um, but I do agree. There are a lot of good things that you could take from watching the way that Joe uses Mark. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can use Tompkins the same way. Um, I know the ways I would love to use him if I can go back and do Nick Tompkins, the Nick Tompkins experience over again after and seeing the, and the Ed's Alec and the Ed's Alec experience. I agree. Yeah. Um, no, but, but well played game from both sides, and yeah. I'm excited to see what happens next week as both these teams grow towards the playoff hunt. True. I miss being able to contribute. On the recap, <laughs> yeah, no, I, of the podcast, yeah. I, uh, I need just to. I just looked at my work schedule while you guys were talking. Fortunately, as of right now, Saturday I'll be able to make it. I don't have a game till four on Saturday, so uh, ho- hopefully, that. hopefully I'll be able to make it this weekend to bear down so I can come back and talk on the uh, on the recap pods once again. Give me the uh, give me the eleven fifteen slate. Nope, can't do that without the stats. Yeah, you're right. Um, <laughs> I'm so out of it. For the Cardinals, Pisco, 14 129 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. Also had an interception on defense. Uh, also had five carries for 33 yards and a touchdown rushing and two pass breakups. Big day for him um, all around. Tompkins, eight catches, 81 yards, and a touchdown. Also had two pass breakups. Musi, two catches, 23 yards. Douglas, one catch for five yards. Ed, one catch, 10 yards. Also had three carries for 32 yards. Yes. Um, J. Kill Will had a touchdown catch, and mm-hmm. Mike Kramer, one catch, five yards, also a pass breakup, also threw an interception. For the Packers, Mirgano finished 12 of 21, 178 yards, four touchdowns, also had three carries for 21 yards. Mikey, just that lone one catch, but it was the biggest one of the game, being game winning touchdown. Uh, DeLon scored a touchdown for the Packers in his comeback since the first game he played. Um, for the injured Miles, Giles had five catches, 96 yards. Yeah, Wiz had three animal. catches, 32 yards, and a touchdown. Also had a sack. Schaefer had a sack. Vinarina, two catches, 30 yards, and a touchdown. Also had two sacks and an interception. And, um, yeah, that's it for the uh, Can I give my GSA spiel about Ed? Yeah. Go ahead. Um, Ed Zalek, uh, two rushes this week. He averaged the most <laughs> yards per rush of any non-quarterback, non-Falcon all season. Graded as a top five running back this year. In just his one game played, according to GSA's <laughs> algorithm, of course. <laughs> according to your algorithm. According to GSA's algorithm. All right, let's go to the eleven fifteen slate, Kurtzman. You played in this one. Yeah. Let's go back to you. Three straight one-point games. Uh, finally, you come out on the correct side of it, on the winning side of it. Uh, what happened this week? Why do you, why? Tell me about the game, and then tell me why you think you were able to come up big in crunch time. Um, well, about the game, my team played amazing. I sucked. Mm. Um, That's true. 
my defense played very well, only allowing 12 points on the day, um, one being a last-second touchdown to give them a chance to go ahead late. Um, but I really just need to be more careful with the ball. I, I Listen, I made a really bad throw across the field, across my body, across the field while I was running. Um, that that one led to a pick six. Fourth down, I just threw one kind of into the end zone, went right to one of the Bills defenders. They returned it for a pick six. So not that I feel like I was unlucky in the game, but... I made I made boneheaded plays that ended up almost costing us. But at the end of the day, my team was finally able to. We were able to overcome the adversity of my mistakes and be able to. They picked me up well and they made plays for me when I needed them to. An anonymous source told me <laughs> that um, that they think that this is an actually an anonymous source. I love this. <laughs> they they told me that they think that you are so good in the beginning of the season when teams don't have their shit figured out, but once their teams have their shit figured out. You kind of alluded to this on last week's podcast too. You I said this every week. You said that you said that your the Kurtzman playbook it needs to be updated a little bit, and uh, they you know the anonymous source said that the league, he thinks that the, as the season goes on and the film more and more film gets out there, you guys are kind of starting to be figured out, and they're very worried about your team going to the playoffs. <laughs> well, one thing I will say, one, said, ah. <laughs> one thing I will say is that I do think we were more creative on offense. I had a lot more pre yep. free snap motion. I ran the ball yep. with Mike a few times straight out of the backfield. Let him just. I was trying to really let my guys make the plays for me. I think I think we ran the same hitch eight or nine times because they just kind of were giving it to us every single play, yeah. and we were able to turn every single play into 10 yards. But I do think we were more creative. We got a lot of screen plays, which I really wanted to get going after we didn't run one the pre- previous week. Yep. Um, not to toot my own horn, but I was 30 of 36, so like I was kind of the balls were weren't, the balls weren't hitting the ground. I threw for 290, so the balls were not hitting the ground. Um, I just think I need to be I just need to be less careless with the football. I think that if I don't turn the ball over, that game could have been really out of reach. I threw I turned the ball over two times inside the five yard line. So I just think with those two. If those two interceptions turn to touchdowns, we're not really talking about how bad I played. We're talking about how my team has rebounded very well. So yeah. the defense played well for the first first time in many weeks, so I'm very happy to see it. All right, Jason, give me your, uh, yeah, give your my... spiel on um, All right, Crooked Commish Kurtzman. <laughs> uh, actually, my first thing is a gutsy win by Crooked Commish Kurtzman on a bad ankle and without their first-round pick. Honestly, very impressive performance. I appreciate that. Yeah, it, takes not... a, it takes a lot of me. Mike Danino has solidified himself as Offensive Player of the Year. There's a lot of good, you know, players who are kind of making their cases, but Danino every single week since the get-go has been the best wide receiver, basically. Top five wide receiver every week, um, which I don't think you can say about everyone else. But I think you also have, to, something has to be said for the good of a jo- how good of a job you do to get the ball to your players in space and give them the opportunities to make big plays and, and to get moving. Like, I think you do that a really good job with Julius and Danino is to take what the defense gives you. I think you're kind of like the king of that. Um... And um, going forward, the Lions, you guys are going to need to play, like, really good football to survive without, you know, True and potentially Jorwar, you know, maybe this week or maybe he returns soon. Um, but if there's anyone who can do it, it's you because you know what makes your offense tick. I actually have written down, if anyone can do it, it's Augie uh, as a GSA client. But, you know, I figure I'll I give you some problems here. I appreciate that, man. That's nice. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about the Bills a little bit. I, yeah. I routinely think Seroff is incredibly underrated i mean he made one play where he was running and he had the pitch backwards to his sub and the sub and the sub returned the returned it and it was like who makes that pass i mean that's that's a very high iq play experienced flag football play and and he he also had a rushing touchdown if i do remember yeah where he was making people miss with listen Seroff is sneaky athletic sneaky elusive with Mm. uh the ball in his hands and Mm. he's smart he's smart with the ball yeah um, and I, I really yeah. do think their team is going to be fine moving forward. The Missia, you know, this is going to be a tough week because they have the Seahawks yeah. and a very, very good defense they're going to go up against. Um, but I really do believe in the Bills, and I think they're going to find their way into the playoff picture. Yeah, I think that the Bills, and I didn't really talk about that. I'm like, I mean, you got to focus on your own team. 100%. I guess. I guess. No, but I really do think the Bills are a good team. I think Straff had a little bit of an off game, just kind of more accuracy-wise his game. I felt like there were some things that he could have done a little differently. Did that... Zach Shray play? No, because no, he, no. he was out of rhythm without Q and Zach Shray. Yeah, no, 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 I understand. I agree. There were a lot of a and lot without of new, Prem. Yep, a lot of new parts. He had Joe Noya, Jarak, uh, the subs named Jarak, playing for them. Okay. He just did, he didn't have all of his pieces, and I guess it, it kind of showed because there was a uh, some. Mis- I saw a couple times where like the ball was incomplete, and he was like, "Oh, I thought you were going to be doing this." Mm. But so I just think that they were just kind of undermanned this week in terms of their guys who were there and who weren't there for them. Consistency is key in this league, um, and they were building. And I feel like that was kind of just a little bit of a bump in the road because sure. of who they didn't have and who they do. I hope they have for Q sure. and hopefully Zach back in the next couple of weeks. 
Um, defense is good. They mixed up looks. They gave me man. They showed me they showed me two different types of zones. At least I thought they did from what mm -hmm. I was seeing. Um, Misha, other than that play that we're not we don't need to focus on. He was a beast. He was a dumb. He was a beast. I said um I scared said, the life out of you. Yeah, he scared the life out of me. I said to him uh, one play. Uh, I was like, you're really in here every single play. He goes, yeah, but it doesn't matter if you're still completing the passes. I'm like, yeah, but he was pressuring me all game. I think he had two sacks. Um, felt like he could have had four. Also, had a, a crazy interception. I don't really know how he caught yeah. the ball. Kind of stuck his hand out there. Made a really nice play on the ball right after we were talking shit to each other. So that wasn't always uh, that wasn't a great on my <laughs> Oh, part. he was hyped up for that. Yeah. He was, no. Um, and he's a really good player. They have a good team. I think if Q returns this week and they can get Zach back healthy in the next couple weeks also, um, they need to win one more game probably to make the playoffs. Yeah. So got two games left. You got to win one. I think four is – I think we're finally coming around the Magic Nara being four. Four wins gets you in. And I think they will be capable of getting one more win the next two weeks. One, one last thing. I thought Jake Coburn played really well. He yes. had a few catches, routinely good snaps. There were no problems there. Had a sack. Had a couple fly grabs too. Yeah, honestly. he played really well. Game. Amir always plays really well. I thought their line did a very good job against your undermanned line a little bit. But I thought they played really well. No, for uh, sure. Uh, give me stats on this one. Um, for the Bills, Surov 9 22, 72 yards, um, one touchdown, also had four carries, 43 yards in a touchdown, also had an interception that turned into a pick six. Misha, one catch, three yards, that being the touchdown that gave them a chance to go ahead late in the game. Two sacks and an interception. Uh, Jarrock, one catch for 14 yards and finished off the pick six. Also had seven tackles. Um, very experienced flag player. Plays, I know he plays a lot in a bunch of tournaments and stuff, so I would expect him to have a lot of tackles. Uh, Steve Bowen, two catch, 18 yards, and a pick six. Jeez, Jeez. pick six. Steven I, I threw three interceptions, man. Let me say. Amir had a sack. DeRose, one catch, eight yards. Joey Noya as a sub, two catch, 18 yards, and four tackles. And Jay Coburn, two catches, 11 yards, and also had a sack. For the Lions, I was 30-36, 289 yards, three touchdowns, three picks. Also had a 10-yard rushing touchdown. Uh, Mike Dino, 10 catches, 133 yards, and a touchdown. Also had two carries for 13 yards. Julius, 10 catches, 76 yards, and a touchdown. Rajot, one catch, five yards. Jarwar, two catches, 28 yards. Rhett, three catches, 23 yards, and a touchdown. Also had a pass breakup and a really big tackle on the goal line. So young Jubans is back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and Dean had four catches, 24 yards, played a great game at center for me. Um, he has become very vital to this team, especially with True and now Jarwar being out. I'm going to be relying on Dean a lot to do a lot for us going forward, and I believe that the soon-to-be Hall of Famer in this in this league uh, will do enough for me to help us move forward. Does Dean does Dean retire if you guys win a championship? Does he go out on top? I think Dean retires regardless. Does he, does he ride off into the sunset? I hope I hope we all can ride off. I hope our whole old team can ride off into the sunset. So you're, so you're retiring? After wow, the official. Yeah, all the noise about you moving to Hoboken and the league being dead after I don't know. Move. I don't know about noise about me moving to Hoboken. That's definitely happening next week. Yeah. Noise about the league oh, being noise dead. About the league yeah, my mom came up to me oh, today and yeah, said that uh, she's... She, yeah. every time I walk in the house. My parents are fully convinced that this is the last season of they, the league. They, they're also convinced this is the last time they're seeing me. Yeah, yeah. I, they're, they're, <laughs> Every time yeah. I come in the yeah, house, they, Lori's like, she goes, I'm never seeing you again. I go, you saw me yesterday and you said the exact same thing and I'm back in your house today. Yeah, they it. think that you're moving to like California or like yeah, Utah well, or something like across the country. That's yeah, fucking terrible. It's 45 weird. minutes away. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, that's all the stats. Uh, Connor made a big flag grab and also a big pass break up on the final drives of the game. And Scott was doing a lot of things on defense for us as well. All right, let's move on to the other 11-15 game, the Tommy Galanti-led Patriots versus the Chase James-led Seahawks. Wasn't the Chase James-led Seahawks in this one? Paul they uh, they completely went to Paul Ferrelli at quarterback in this game. Um, what the hell? I heard it was a, late, a very late decision like about five minutes before game time i think they all discussed it and decided that paul was going to play quarterback in this one um and i'm pretty sure he took every snap at quarterback i didn't see really any snaps that chase took um also didn't see any rushing yards for chase that's before i get into the game uh real quick the patriots won this game uh, i believe 24 to 13 final and with that being said, I don't know why the Seahawks decided they were going to change their offense. I felt like they had they un, kind of understood who they were with Chase at quarterback. And not that Paul is different than Chase, but um, Chase is a better runner than Paul with the ball. I think uh, throwing-wise, maybe Paul's a little bit better. Chase had his ups and downs at throwing the ball this season. Yep. But um, I don't know, man. Late court, late season quarterback change for a team that kind of was is, is kind of roll, was kind of rolling a little bit going into this week. Um, I know Paul got them the win against the Ravens in the week prior, but I don't know. I don't know if I would have changed it up. I understand maybe maybe Chase wanted to give it to Paul for the game. Maybe mm -hmm. Chase wanted to give it to Paul for the season. I really don't know. I am not like I'm not in that locker room. I haven't really talked to the guys more than just like well, I saw he played quarterback the entire time. Um, 
Paul at least has experience playing quarterback, so I know he's not going to be like the worst player out there playing quarterback, but he's not a quarterback. And I think Chase is more of a quarterback than he is. At least I've seen Chase be very good at other places when we've played 20 before. touchdowns and one interception. Yeah, that 2017 Skamook tournament still think that's unbelievable. Yeah, no, it was listen, that and that's where I take where that's where I that's why I know his ceiling could be like what it is. I think he's kind of molded out of that quarterback since the last couple of years, but I do believe that it kind of messed up their offense a little bit today in the on Saturday by mm-hmm. changing quarterbacks, kind of having to find that new rhythm. And really on top of that, the Patriots D-line was incredible. incredible. Austin four sacks, two of them being safeties. Uh Dane was in there a lot every single play as well as kevin christie um and their defensive secondary played really well Giuseppe, uh tommy i know abby played a little bit in this one abby played, yeah, abby played, abby played, played. Line, played line for the patriots as he well. played, played everywhere played played, backfield yeah, a little bit he was playing everywhere they were doing a lot of things to win i know the patriots had a lot of um con- ca- kind of chaos in the locker room going into this one with tommy galante having a uh a late COVID-19, a little COVID-19 scary. Got a couple uh, tests back negative before he came and played. They had a whole offense ready to go if he wasn't was able Abby to gonna make play quarterback? it. No, I believe Giuseppe was going to play quarterback, yeah. and they were going to kind of run. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what they were going to do. But they were going to run a lot of short outs. Listen, a lot, a lot of short outs yeah. from what I hear. But all I know is that Tommy did show up. Tommy played well, and he was able to pick apart the zone like a lot of, like Dylan I know alluded to on the preview pod. Yeah. Tommy's seen a lot of cover two in his life, and I also alluded on the podcast that the Seahawks were going to have to mix it up on defense not run the same thing and they kind of ran the same thing the entire game yep. so I need to see more out of the Seahawks defense mid-game adjusting give me more on Tommy Jason what do you got to say on uh, about Tommy Galante okay well I'm 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 also in the Tommy Galante fan club let me just As say I think everyone in this podcast is now you bought your subscription <laughs> yes yeah, yeah. <laughs> last week last week Tommy threw two touchdown passes to Pauly this week three touchdown passes to Pauly if that case continues Pauly might catch seven touchdowns Touchdown. in the championship game Wow. We can't rule that. That's a GSA algorithm one for you. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Adding one. <laughs> yeah, that, that, Man, <laughs> algorithms do different things here, Chris. Um, no, Tommy just makes some... And this is considered to be one of the two best defenses in Beardown. Right now, Tommy yeah. completely tore it up. Four touchdowns, I think, total, yep. I believe. Um, and I think they got all their conversions. They missed all their conversions. Um, just an incredible performance. He does it every single week. At you this know, point. Uh, he's one of the three best. I mean, we've been debating where Kurtzman ranks, but I think I, think I, I rank 10th at this I, point. I, I mean, maybe even 13th. I'm Paul and Chase. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, I really do think um, Tommy's one of the three best quarterbacks in the league. I think when everyone's healthy, that offense is absolutely incredible because you have Abby, who's just an absolute monster at receiver. Polly, Polly, you can say the same thing, really. And then Sepp is like a great, like, short route. You can turn up field, you know, do things for you. I mean, just having so many weapons in that offense with Tommy, like, that's a that's a legit offense, and that's like a potential like championship winning offense. Yeah, but I want to yeah. say one more thing: yeah. despite Paulie catching three touchdowns and Tommy playing quarterback at a at a D three school, Austin was the best player on the field. Yes. Austin completely dominated this game from start to finish. Was there was he was on man possessed four 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 sacks, two safeties is. Absurd, one of the craziest lines you can ask for, and he yeah. just did everything. He That's did like everything. a line of the year kind of a line. Four yeah. sacks, two safeties. Yeah, he dominated yeah. That, that front line. They yeah. had to start putting Chase in the backfield to kind of help Paul protect, and even then, I mean, there, was, there were times where I saw Austin get through like three people to get a sack. And I'm interested to see your power rankings after we're done with the 12-30 game that we're about to do. Yep. I'm interested to see the power rankings where the Patriots rate after this week because we had the Seahawks as a team that was trending up probably the most out of any team in the league. And they come in and they get uh, they handle business against that team. So that's a that's a big win for the Patriots, and that puts them at how many wins in the season? Uh, four now. So they're pretty so much a lock. Pretty four. much a lock for the playoffs. Correct? Yeah, seating's just going to be crazy the last two weeks. I really can't give you guys any like um, definitive scenarios until the last week because there's so many teams in the three to four. I'll, I'll get an algorithm to do it. <laughs> I don't know how I trust the GSA algorithms. Um, what I want to say about the Patriots before we get to the stats, um, the Patriots offensive line from week to week has just been able to give Tommy so much time to just bounce and stand yeah. back there in the pocket. Um, Tommy, another quarterback, just through so many reps, he goes through his motions on every single play. He gets that nice drop back, gets a, um, able to step up, and he's also another quarterback that's so good at just looking down the field and not caring about what the line is doing in front of him because he's able to feel that pressure just from playing so many snaps in football in general. And he's really impressed us all thus far this season, and I hope that it ends up in a... Like, I hope that the Patriots make a nice run in the playoffs so that we can see what Tommy can do. Big stage, hopefully, under the lights. <laughs> and, um, yeah. If Tommy comes out and wins the championship in his first season, 
say goodbye to all the other quarterbacks in this league. Say goodbye to all of you. <laughs> I think that offense is lethal. Um, <laughs> they haven't had Abby in a few weeks. Paulie has proven he could be a number one. Christian yeah. has proven as a very complimentary number two, and so is Giuseppe. Yeah. Um, on given weeks, he's the number one on that team. I just think that if they are healthy and ready to go and they show up, because they've had a lot of interchangeable parts every week. Like some weeks, Abby not there. Some weeks, Paulie not there. Some weeks, um, no, Giuseppe's always there. Um, Giuseppe's always there at 8 a.m. Yeah, Giuseppe loves the league. He's always with the vibe. He's just chilling out, watching all the games. Like I said, this is supposed to be, you're supposed to want to show up early for the first games and like chill throughout for the four hours. That's what I think the league's about. Um, But yeah, that offense can really make people, um, make defenses afraid and up at night. So uh, I hope that they're able to make a nice run. Give me stats. All right, for the Patriots, Tommy Galante finished 15-24, 201 yards, three touchdowns and a pick, also had a defensive interception. Giuseppe, five catches, 102 yards. Christian, five catches, 36 yards. Paulie, three catches, 43 yards, all ended up being touchdowns. Abby, one catch, 23 (laughs) yards. Uh, Dane had a catch in Austin, four sacks and two being safeties. Paul, eight catches, 50, oh, eight catches. Eight for 15, 133 yards, two touchdowns and a pick. Um, Also had pass breakup. Chase had three sacks in this one. Um... Johnny, two catches, 42 yards, and a touchdown. Emmerich had a, a 15-yard touchdown as well as an interception. Pip, three catches for 60 yards. Steve Schaefer had a four-yard catch. And Jack Kuji. Jack Kuji continues to continue uh, continues to impress. Third straight week, um, a catch for 12 yards. Also had two sacks and a safety. Um, a lot of safeties in this one. Yeah, a lot of safeties. Yeah, it was a strange game. Sounds like a little bit of a strange game. Uh, Jack Kuji continues to make plays for the Seahawks defense, and he's really been one of the main reasons why um, the... Seahawks have emerged um, in the last couple of weeks as one of the better teams trending upward. Hopefully they are able to erase this loss from their memory and get back on track next week. I don't remember who they put off the top of my head, but yeah. I'm so. going to give my GSA clients feel about Steve Shaver. Yep, here we uh, go. Rough game against Austin, who is currently league leader in sacks. The 13 uh, Probably one of the most dominant defensive linemen you can go up against. Um, but Steve, you know, he's working out of chaos. He's been gaining the strength, gaining the, the agility. He's going to kill it going forward. I'm very confident in him this upcoming week, and i got to give a stat. 100% catch percentage on t- catchable balls. 14 for 14 on catchable balls. He was targeted once. It was tipped pass breakup by Spo, GSA client, okay. before the ball could reach his hand. So he is 14 for 14 on catchable balls. I can. His over on receptions for the year, 1,000% smashed. By it was oh, one yeah. and a half. <laughs> <laughs> He's hammered the over. And he can get close to 100 yards. Yeah, dude. Yeah. you got to give him the ball in space. Watch him, watch him move. <laughs> Um, all right, yeah, that, that's good for this one. I guess we can. Uh, let's go to the twelve thirty game: the Falcons versus the Bucks. A game that I predicted would be a blowout turned out to be the exact opposite. After initially starting and kind of seeming like it was going to head that way, yeah. Kurtzman, why did it take a turn? Um, so I just finished. I had to do the stats, so I just finished watching the whole game, so I can. I really. Um, saw kind of what happened. I think the the Falcons, they just beat up on themselves when they make mistakes. I feel like they, not that they have big egos, but they do all believe that they're the best players on the field when they step on, especially their three best players in Jack, Johnny, and Justin. Jack, Johnny. Jack, Sorry. IB. Jack, IB, and Justin, Johnny um, didn't play this week, but he is also a threat on that offense. <laughs> I think those those guys, when they're not playing at their highest level, I think they just get a little frustrated, and I think that sometimes is a detriment to their team. Um, you see some yelling at each other from time to time. Um I'm not saying that they don't have good chemistry because you've seen what their offense is capable of doing, and even in the crunch, crunch time moments, they were able to make the plays that they needed, needed to, to to get this victory. But I would just like to see more of an, upli- an uplifting team. Um, I feel like that's a team that should not be getting fluster when they make a mistake or two. I think there were a few plays in a row where Zybe just didn't make the right, like not necessarily the right reads, but it was just um, not getting the ball as receivers, and they kind of were like, yo, come on, like let's get it together. But it wasn't necessarily the way that you want it for a team. Um, but other than that, the Falcons are a perennial power in this league. IB showed, uh, came back this week, had a very good game off the bye, came in very prepared. You saw he was very prepared by the way that they handled the offense on the first couple of uh, possessions. They came down, scored right away, um, get a stop, score right away. And you're looking at this game 10 minutes in, and you're saying to yourself, it might end 40 nothing, But... Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, they just weren't able to, for the large majority of that game, they really weren't able to get the offense moving after those two possessions. Um, yeah. And the Bucks defense came ready to play as well. Sam Allen, great defense coordinator for that team. Mark had a great game again. Um, Damian, tackle machine. Michael Leva, tackle machine. They were keeping this offense at bay. And um, the Bucks got to feel like they deserve this win. 
Um, yeah. Their backs were against the wall. They had nothing to lose. They came out there and played a really good game. I think Jordan Mayo played his best game of the season. Um, and I honestly feel bad for them because I think they're going to go down as one of the best two-win teams in my league ever. A team that doesn't might not make Season's the playoffs. not over. It's not all. It's not over yet. But who would they play this? They, they have a bye this week and they play one more game next week. So they're going to need some help. They're going to need some help this week. And then some help again next And then win and get some help in the following week to make to sneak in as the eighth seed and maybe get that potential rematch with the team and the Falcons that they feel like they should have beaten. Yeah. Um, what do you have to say about this one, Jay? Uh, I think that Joe DeMeo had potentially his best game this season. Uh, I think it has something to do with me and Dylan calling him out and saying maybe it's time to hand the reins over to Sam Allen. Maybe he kind of took that as a challenge, so I'm going to say it again. Joe DeMeo, maybe you should hand the key at Reigns over to Sam Allen. That's, maybe it'll that's, inspire that's him again. Well, he's, you said he's out of buy this week. Yeah. Well, that goes for next week, too. I, yeah. got, I like that. Um, and I think, but, you know, the game plan was mostly just get the ball to Mark, and they executed that game plan flawlessly. Mark was the best player in maybe any of the games, and Austin, I've talked to how much how great Austin was. Augie was fantastic in his games, and I really think that Mark DeMeo, three touchdowns, was just throw, tossing people around. There was one play where he was on the line, just tossed the guy who was guarding him on, got a pancake, went right and caught like this crazy pass over um, whoever was in the Falcon secondary. And I mean, just he's just capable of a. It's another Division three college football player who's just that dominant. Kevin Malone told me that Mark DeMeo is the biggest person that he's ever had to go up against in any sport. He was like, Mark is. He's like, I've never faced someone that physical, that big and strong. And he was yeah. just he was like, Mark is an absolute unit. He's an absolute beast. My thing on Mark is that he's better at basketball than he is at football, but that's a completely... <laughs> of course, hard over hype brought yeah, the best out of him, com- yeah. Completely, completely different. Um, I would say, if I was you, Jason, I'd sign him, but only for the basketball league. <laughs> he's like, he's a GSA basketball client. He's not a GSA football client. He's he's yeah. like a clutch sports football client, <laughs> Mark, Mark DeMeo. But um, I'm happy to hear that, you know, the DeMeo brothers were great in this game. Um it, like you said, Kurtzman, they could be the best two-win team ever in league history. So best worst, uh, like a best worst team. Yes, like in terms because they're not a bad team. Not at all. They the league is on fire. A, the league is on fire. The league has a lot of good teams, and I think that if you ran this season back, like if you ran a simulation through this season like twenty times, whatever, there's not there's a, there's a couple times where the Bucks are probably six and four. Oh, so for sure. I just think that they didn't really necessarily put it together in all their games. Their games that they they had a couple. They've had two straight weeks now where they've had the lead with under two minutes and or even under a minute, and weren't able to just get that defense to stop. This time coming on a fourth down play, um, IB was able to scramble and ma- find Justin open in the back of the end zone. Um, I have to question the decision-making of switching to man from your zone that was working so well late in the game. They switched to man on the last play of the game from what at least it looked like by how the players moved. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying that's the reason you lost. I'm just saying I thought it was a questionable decision. Regardless, though, I do think that if you are the Bucks, you had to have think you completely deserve that win. You, I think they outplayed them, especially in the second half. Um, yeah. Jordan Mayo's play calling. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. I was watching like how like I watched back the plays a couple times, kind of see like, what he was looking for, and he was really catching them off guard with some of the quick routes, getting the ball quick. He found uh, Billy over the middle a couple times, and that Billy soft zone. Really well, yeah, Billy had a really good game. Um, but man, Justin, Billy's played really well down the stretch for them this Billy season. Leads, Billy's top five in the league yeah. in a, a, a multiple receiving categories. Yeah, Billy's played, Billy's had a really good year. Um, Free a lot, Billy. A lot of people, you know, have been doubting Billy. I think Billy's came out and proven that he's still. Um, an elite talent. Uh, Justin, I know, caught the game-winning pass. We talked about Jack Starner also had a long touchdown in this game too, right? He did not. He had a short five-yard touchdown. But I think it was a long touchdown. They had no long touchdowns in this yeah. game. I'd be had a 35-yard rushing touchdown, but that oh, was about okay. it. Oh, okay. Maybe that was the long touchdown I was thinking. No. Um, listen, Justin and Jack did their jobs today. Um, I think IB did a much better job this week at spreading the ball around. There were a couple games this year where the only guys who saw targets were his three receivers. I think getting the ball to your linemen and just showing that that is a threat of your yeah. offense and a facet of your offense is very important in this league. Yeah. And you don't even have to use it. You just have to make it known that you are willing to go to it. There were a few design plays for Dean Leotrowski that I saw I that I liked. Down. Dean played very um, well. Dean had a good, too. No, he did. Um, I think that they got a full team effort. I want to shout out Will O'Neill. Five tackles. That's not something you can ever take lightly. You have, Pulling the flag is one of the most important things, if not the most important thing in each game. Um, and he did a very good job at that in this one. Um yeah, I'd be back on track. Finally had his, a, a bigger stats game, I would say. His first, second big stats game on the season. Mm-hmm. Um, all I can say about them is that they just got to keep not get complacent with their with their winning streak again and they need to just stay on the keep their gas to the pedal and they'll be looking at a possible championship appearance. Yeah. One of the things I just have one more thing written down is 
I think the Falcons' defense seemed a little, you know, vulnerable for the first time because they've been, you know, consensus best defense, except I really do like the Seahawks' defense. Um, but I think the Seahawks, Jack Starner didn't really make any plays in the secondary. I think they kind of anti-targeted him. They said, look, we're just not going to throw to you. We're not going to throw to your side. They targeted the right side of the field a lot. It's a few weeks in a row now for Jack that people just don't throw towards him. I mean, I think after what seeing what he did versus May and then seeing what he did against Sobes' team and seeing what he did, I, think the, I don't remember who he played the week after May. Oh, the Seahawks had three interceptions against the Seahawks. You don't want to throw to a guy like that. I mean, it's a guy who's never going for just a pass breakup. He's going for the big play. He knows that the, his job is to create turnovers on that, uh, that defense. And, um... Listen, the only way to neutralize a defensive player is to run plays away from him or um, or make sure the blockers are focusing on him when they're go- when they're making their blocks. Yeah. And I Jack had five tackles in this game, but you just didn't see the um, defensive game breaker that you usually do see. Exactly. And I think that a lot has to do with the game plan of the Bucks. For sure. So credit the Bucks for not allowing the best defense player on that team to make plays against them. Jason, do you have anything else on your notes, or is it, did you go through every single thing uh, that you? No, honestly, about? <laughs> what you, one thing I did have written down is uh, Justin Ferrara made the big play when it mattered, fourth and goal, game-winning touchdown, um, and I just had to call out because I saw it live and I thought it was incredible. His celebratory underhanded throw yes. was the in most insane throw I've ever seen. It went like maybe like a hundred yards into the air. Yes, it he did. legitimately like, launched it like a rocket. Yeah, it was no, deeper than any Sobes throw, any IV throw, <laughs> yeah. and I I had to call it out because I was so shocked by that pure power. That's literally all I had else written down for this no, game. I think um, I think Justin. Um, feels he could. I, I know Justin feels like he could be doing even more than he's doing, and he's doing a Absolutely. lot for this team. But I do just think that, I mean, listen, he led the team in, in targets with seven targets, so you, he's getting the ball the most in the offense. Um, I just think that there are, maybe get him on the screens. I haven't seen Justin on the screen yet. Justin's one of the better mm-hmm. players in the league and making guys miss his flag using they the They could definitely moves. be using him more. Yeah. I think a, a talent like that, I think it would be a disservice to the offense, especially in a week where they didn't really run a lot of options. This was all out of um, base, two receiver, or one receiver each side with four man, four man line. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I just want to, I think I personally want to see a little more Justin yeah. in the offense. All right, let's do stats on this one, and then Jason will give us the power rankings. We'll do dogs of the week and then get out of here. All right. Uh, IB 11 to 22, 118 yards, four touchdowns <coughs> through one interception. Also had seven carries, 90 yards, and a touchdown. Big game for I Bay. Um, Justin Ferrara, four catches, 36 yards, and two touchdowns, one being the game winner. Um, Jack, two catches, 16 yards, and a touchdown. Also had five tackles. Dean Wiatrowski, two catches, 16 yards. Cologne had a catch for 10 yards. Will O'Neill, five tackles. Sedano had two catches, 40 yards, and a touchdown. Also had a sack. Jiggy had a sack. And for the Bucks, Joe DeMeo, 19 and 26, 182 yards, four touchdowns and a pick. Also had one rush for eight yards. Mikey Freeman, two catches, five yards. Also had a 12-yard rush. Mark DeMeo, four catches, 45 yards, three touchdowns. Also had a pass breakup. Damian, four catches, 54 yards and a touchdown. That could have been the game winner. Um, but if not for the Falcons' late score, Michael Leva, three catches for just six yards. Um, Billy Andrews, five catches, 66 yards, interception and a pass breakup. And Sam Allen, one catch, six yards. Um, you know his uh, impact is always more than the stat yeah. sheet shows. All right, give me your, uh, your the other stats for the other team. I already gave both stats. Did you? Did you? Did I both? did. I definitely gave IB and Justin stats. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. You did. You did. TJ uh, is off when it comes to stats today. TJ, yeah, yeah, yeah. Getting to read them. them I'm you, at, you need to go back to Bear Down this Saturday. I'm mad at it because I haven't been there, and I just can't. I hate that I can't give my opinion and, like, start, like, a false narrative Are you or not, anything. Are you not doing power rankings this week? You I don't. I, I, I asked for Jason's power rankings because I can't give you power rankings because oh I have not been there. So, Jason, with that being said, please give me the power rankings. These okay. are basically the only power rankings that have definitive value at this current moment with Tommy and TJ both missing two straight weeks of the league. Yeah. So I'm uh, okay. So there's a lot of pressure on me here. Yes, there uh, is. First, I still have the Falcons. Yeah. I think they beat the Dolphins uh, pretty thoroughly, so I'm still gonna give the Falcons the number one spot. Dolphins two, huge move. Panthers number three in a loss. Jason's I, list officially has no value. Yeah. Continue. I I think Spo. <laughs> yep, I, just, I think Spo makes a world of difference. I trust Augie going forward. Three GSA clients. Um, four Patriots. So are you just dropping me? I think the loss of True, you have said True is the best player in the league because he brings the energy that your team needs. You have lost that energy. Jorowar might miss a week. I think that your team is um, is vulnerable. Okay? That's Whatever. why I'm dropping you to five. Whatever, Okay? Man. All right. That's all Whatever, I'm saying. Um, so Patriots four, Lions five, Seahawks six, 
Packers 7, Cardinals 8, Bills 9, Bucks 10, Ravens 11. What are you doing? I'm making a list because Jason's list was horrible, so now I have to make... All right, so all right, so all right, call me out, TJ. Haven't I haven't seen any of the games in three weeks. But yeah, okay, I haven't seen me. any of the games, but, right. I'm, but I'm aware of, of what works in this league, and everyone was on me last week when I said I'll take the... Uh, I would take the Packers over the Cardinals in my power rankings, and I almost got bullied out of not saying that. And I said, oh, wait, they would beat them in a game. And, oh, wait, they played this week and they beat them. So I'm back. Um, I don't need to see the games to know what's going to happen. All right. Wow. Um, <laughs> Jeez. That's nice. All right. Um, I got the Falcons at one. I got the Dolphins at two. Lions at three. Kurtzman, I'm, I'm keeping you at three. Appreciate I'm it. moving the Patriots to four. I think I had them at four last time I did it. Five. I'll go with the Packers. I'm putting them at five. Six, I got the Panthers. Seven, I'll put the Bills. Eight, I'll put the Cardinals. Eight, I'll put the Seahawks. Nine, I'll put the Cardinals. Ten, Bucks. Eleven, Ravens. That would be my list right now, and I think that's the correct list. Yeah, and I think, listen, I think, listen, if you're the Cardinals, you're in the playoffs right now. The, that Being ninth in TJ's rankings does not make you Being not ninth in, the in my rankings, I haven't, I haven't seen you guys play in a month, so. Yeah. Um, no, <laughs> I still I, makes uh, rankings. Yeah, anything. so, listen. Your, your rankings were trash. I had to make, I had to do something. You just said I haven't seen, I haven't seen a game in a month, but these are the correct rankings. Okay, <laughs> if Augie might have thrown, Augie might have thrown up if he just found out that you put him at third in the power rankings. Augie Garbolato is back. Augie is back. Augie for MVP, MVP is alive. Yeah, it's alive. Yeah, it is alive. But Sobs has the MVP on lock. Um, <laughs> Disagree. Okay. Uh, I think Ed's that <laughs> is that. Oh, dogs, dogs of the, the week. week. Uh, for the ten o'clock slate for the Dolphins uh, Panthers game, we go with uh, Steve Leibowitz. Made a huge play, pick six, kind of changed the tide of the game early on. Gave the Dolphins a two touchdown lead, and uh, he was a dog on the offensive and defensive line for them. Uh, in the other 10 o'clock game, which was the Cardinals and the Packers, Packers I'm giving it to Mike Gargano. Made the biggest play of the game when needed most. 14 yard touchdown. Mikey. That's Me- the meaningless, meaningless Mikey. No. Meaningless Mikey made the biggest catch of the game and kept the Packers' <laughs> chances in the playoffs alive. Mikey's a beast. In the 11 o'clock games, I'm giving it to my whole offensive line Jarwar, uh, Dean, Rhett. All made plays in the receiving game, all made plays blocking, all made plays on defense. Uh, happy to see them as a unit get stronger this week without True there going forward. Um, in the other 11-15 game, I'm giving it to Austin. He was an actual dog in this game. Four sacks, like we said, two of them being safeties. He was an absolute menace uh, controlling that offensive line, uh, that line of scrimmage basically by himself. Yep. In the other, in the 12-30 game, giving it to Mark DeMeo. Like Kevin Malone said, he was he's one of the most physically imposing guys in the league. He was making plays the receiving game, and he was also just a dog in every facet of this one. So, <laughs> dogs of the week, Mark, for the last 12-30 game, even though in a losing effort. Wow. So, um, we'll be back. We'll see you guys on Wednesday Thursday. or Thursday. Wednesday or Thursday for the, uh, the preview pod for Week 10. Can't believe we're already there. Very exciting times. Playoffs right around the corner. We're ready to go. Um, I'll be back this weekend. My father will be back this weekend, so we'll have more to add. We'll have um, some, you know, power rankings, some other things going on. Jason, thank you for coming and doing the podcast again. Kurtzman, thank you as always. Make sure to subscribe on any podcast platform that you are listening to the podcast on. Go subscribe to the YouTube channel if you have made it this far. If you made it 53 minutes in and you aren't subscribed to the YouTube channel, there's something seriously wrong with you. We will catch you guys on the preview pod Wednesday or Thursday night. Peace. Peace.